Hello, I'm Amber Lauda and welcome to another episode of the Fashion Avenue podcast. I'm a journalist and I've been blogging fashion and beauty for nine years, so you could say I am a little bit obsessed. And to feed your obsession too, I have a brand new episode for you. And I'm really excited about this one because if you're a little bit of a science nerd like me, I feel like you're going to love it. Today, I'm chatting to Joao Paulino, a senior products developer for Swiss Beauty. With a background in pharmaceutical sciences, Joao has been working in the pharmaceutical wellness and beauty industries for eight years in both Australia and Brazil. I thought I'd pick his brain on the science behind some of your favourite Swiss products, how they're formulated, what the differences in ingredients are and the ins and outs of supplements. If you want to know all of this and more and get your science fix, then make sure you keep on listening to this episode of the Fashion Avenue podcast. Joelle, thank you so much for joining me on the Fashion Avenue podcast. My pleasure. Good. Thanks for having me. No worries. Um, so first of all, uh, I'm really interested to know about your background working in pharmaceutical sciences. So how long have you been doing it for? Right. So that's a bit of a journey. I initially went to pharmacy school back in Brazil, where I'm originally from. And unlike Australia, Pharmacy in Brazil is comprised of both pharmacy and pharmaceutical science. So you look at more at the clinical aspects of things with prescriptions and all of that. But you also look at the manufacturing, research, formulation development side of things. So I was very fortunate to be able to secure a scholarship to come to Monash University here in Melbourne. And I did uh, a full year here. The final year of my degree I did here at Monash University. And that's how my uh, career in pharmaceutical sciences really began. I worked in clinical pharmacy for some time, but then really decided that what I really wanted for myself was to really work in development, skin care, supplement, uh, working on the manufacturing side of things a bit more innovation is what I really gravitate towards. And um, after that, I began working for uh, some pharmaceutical companies. And I also worked at L'Oreal for a bit, as well as Aesop. So that's where my sort of beauty background comes from. Wow, that's amazing. And where did this passion stem from? Well, this is going to sound totally silly and childish, but... <laughs> As every teenager, one is obsessed with Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. And Professor Snape was actually my favorite one. And he taught potions. <laughs> oh, my God. So he that, was the best. <laughs> yeah. So I was a major chemistry nerd in high school. And I really wanted to sort of mix things together and make things explode. So... <laughs> I guess that's the, that's the honest answer to that. <laughs> I love that. That is the best answer ever. Like Harry Potter <laughs> really inspired you to do this. Yes. <laughs> and so you've worked both obviously in Brazil and Australia. Do you notice a difference in what we as Australians put an emphasis on when it comes to skin and wellness compared to Brazil? Um, not a lot of differences, actually. I think um, Brazil and Australia are very similar in that respect that we value wellness uh, a lot. There's a lot of emphasis on wellness and quality cosmetics and Brazil being the land of cosmetics and plastic surgery, you know, yeah, so it's true. Um, 
it's very popular over there. So yes, lots of innovation happening in that space in Brazil and Australia kind of mirrors that as yeah, well. Yeah, amazing. That's really cool. I love all that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to obviously now jump into all the fun stuff. So the science yeah. of Swiss products. And I'm really interested in this because I love learning about all the science behind things. I'm a bit of a nerd that way. So this is like the perfect podcast to do. Um, <laughs> so I really want to know about the role um, of some ingredients and what they play in in manufacturing and making these products. So can I ask you um, a few questions just about how some ingredients work? Sure. I think the first one I kind of want to dive into, um, active botanicals. How does that work? Sure thing. Yeah. So when you think about botanicals, most people tend to think about plant powders, plant extracts, and that's really all there is to it. You know, we identify through science what are, what are some of these plants that have active, how should I say, active um, benefits for our skin. And I think the interesting thing about botanicals, the vast majority of them is that they're rich sources of antioxidants. That's wow. another trendy, very popular word that a lot of people like to talk about, antioxidants. And for maybe, maybe for those listeners who are not aware, antioxidants are those ingredients that have that particular function of being able to neutralize free radical damage and this free radical damage can come from majority um, UV exposure but also diet also underlying uh, health conditions so most of these active botanicals that we talk about when we talk about Swiss products they're very rich sources of antioxidants but also a few quite a few of these plant extracts they have been singled out by science for having more than just antioxidants as their key benefits some of them are Having, have calming properties like chamomile. Some of them have antibacterial properties, anti-inflammatory, the list goes on. Wow. I love all that stuff. God, this is so interesting. <laughs> and what about like vitamins and minerals in, in skincare? Oh, sure. Well, when you think about Swiss, our heritage is really in vitamins and minerals. That's our strength. That's where we come from. That's what we're known for. And it's it, it was really lucky for us that there's so much science behind a couple of key vitamins, not more than a couple of key vitamins like Vitamin A, vitamin B3, vitamin C, vitamin E, all of these vitamins, they also have really interesting skin benefits as well. So it really felt like a, a logical step for us to branch to skincare so we can champion those ingredients as well. So when you think about vitamin A, you think about anti-aging properties. When you think about vitamin C, very potent antioxidant properties. When you think about vitamin B3, you're talking about a myriad of benefits as well. So, yes. That's really interesting. And I'm going to actually jump in to that a little bit later because I'm really keen to know, um, especially with supplements, how they all work together. Um, But I'm really, I I guess I'm interested to know how you formulate products. So what's the process like choosing ingredients to target a specific skin area or skin concern? Right. So our approach is very much science-led. We obviously have a dedicated marketing team and an insights team that are trying to find the latest trends, what are the what are the gaps that we can fill, but we need those trends at the end of the day to be backed by science, you know. So our approach is, like I said, very much science-led. And if we find that a particular trend is science-backed, then we'll investigate that a little bit further and try and find that alignment between what does the science say and what does our product actually have. So, for instance, if we're doing research in a new active botanical and we find that uh, at a 5% concentration it's going to do that, we're not going to be adding that at a 4% or a 3% concentration. We're going to be trying to follow what the evidence says. Yeah. So, that's 
very much our approach. It's always very much science-wise. Yeah, cool. And can you give me an example of what the difference in ingredients might be between something like a cleanser compared to an oil? Well, sure. Well, those are very different types of products from um, from a technical perspective. A cleanser, a cleanser in itself can mean a cream cleanser, an oil cleanser, um, a water-based cleanser. So cleansers usually feature surfactants, and those are molecules that are able to really bind to the dirt, bind to the oil, and be washed away when you rinse them with water. Whereas oils, they're usually more pair back, very straightforward formulations. When it's not a straight up 100% pure oil, we're mixing that oil with some other types of oils like vitamin E, uh, squalene, things of this sort. So those are very two different types of products and we formulate them differently. Wow, that's so cool. Do you have like little, um, like, do you have like a room for cleanser, a room for oil, or is, am I getting too ahead of myself? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, obviously, when we liaise with our contract manufacturers, because we don't produce anything in-house, we design the products at Swiss, but they're formulated outside of Swiss, still in yeah. Australia, but outside of Swiss. Yeah. So we have very close relationships with um, with those manufacturers, and we visit them quite quite frequently. We catch up with them weekly, sometimes even more more frequently than that. And absolutely, so when you look at the and how how they're produced, it will be separate sort of production lines, we call them, for sure. Yeah, and what's like an average day look like for you at Swiss? An average day for me at Swiss really begins by having that initial conversation with our marketing and insights team just to know what new concepts are we going to go for, what what are the latest trends, what what does the science say that is emerging and that we should be looking into. And it's a really um, cross-functional effort, we like to call it, you know. So we have representatives from marketing, representatives from a technical perspective, that's myself, representatives from a science perspective as well, where we really talk about what's new, what's emerging, what's, what's good, and then we will wait for marketing to come back to us with a concept, a more refined concept, and they'll talk to us about what kind of packaging they're after, what kind of benefits, what kind of consumer. And then after we receive that initial brief for marketing, it's then my role to really bring that vision to life. So I will raise any sort of technical challenges that may come along the way. I will talk to our contract manufacturers to understand what their capabilities are and we take it from there. Yeah, wow. And if Swiss want to formulate a new product, what's the process like making sure each ingredient works together? Well, that is a very important um, aspect of the development process. We want to make sure that all of the ingredients that we combine are actually going to be stable at the end of the day, that the product's not going to be breaking down or be any less efficacious because we're combining things. So a very important part of what we do is to ensure that the product undergoes a myriad of quality uh, testing so that by the time it hits the shelf, that we're quite comfortable that the product will remain stable through the end of its shelf life, as we like to call it. So very detailed um procedure. Is there like an average shelf life in general for skincare and supplements? Well, for skincare, absolutely. We work always with a 24-month shelf life period. We want to make sure that even if you buy the product today, that if you begin to use it next year, that it's still going to look the same, feel the same, smell the same, and deliver the benefits the same. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And um, so I kind of wanted to ask you some, like, what is that question? It's kind of like science for dummies, really, um, (laughs) (laughs) to help better understand kind of why certain ingredients are used and needed in products. So um, 
I just thought I'd really make it simple, and especially for mm-hmm. listeners who might not know what any of these things are. So, sure. um, first question, what is Manuka honey and why is it so popular? Manuka honey, definitely very popular. Like most honeys, or like any honey really, if you look at the actual definition of honey, it is a substance that is viscous, quite thick, and very rich in sugars, very rich in polysaccharides. And what's so appealing about using Manuka honey in skincare is that that sugar composition Sugars are naturally quite hygroscopic, meaning they like to pull water from the environment onto um, onto it. So by using Manuka honey, we're really going to be delivering quite a good bit of hydration to the skin because of that sugar content. Wow. And what's especially appealing about Manuka honey is the emerging science. Well, not emerging, it's been, been for quite some time now. It also has antibacterial properties, so it makes it a, a bit more special for sure. Yeah, and I've got the um, in front of me, I have the Manuka honey uh, daily glow foaming cleanser. So that has yes. uh, vitamin C and papaya enzymes. That's right. So that product that you're seeing is one of our latest launches. Right. So we've got the Manuka Honey uh, Cleanser as well as the Manuka Honey Moisturizer, the Glow Moisturizer. Nice. So we really want to make sure that that product delivers a good good bit of hydration. So that's why we've got the Manuka Honey in it. But again, coming back to your question before, how we formulate things, it's one thing to apply Manuka Honey directly on your face. It's another thing entirely when you're formulating that Manuka Honey with supporting ingredients in a base that's going to work, it's going to be delivering that manuka more efficiently. True. So how, what would you say to people who kind of whip up concoctions from, you know, their pantry or ingredients in their pantry? Look, I love a DIY like (laughs) most people, but I think when it comes to skincare, you really want to make sure that you trust that your brand to do all of all of those quality testings, all of those stability testings and efficacy testings to, you know, and at the end of the day, uh, an important thing about skincare is that you're, you're going to be using it for a while. You want to make sure that it's going to be free of any uh, microbial contamination or viruses or bacteria or fungus or, or, or any of that. Oh, My concern with those home concoctions is that people, you know, might leave it to the side, use it next week, and then you don't know how that mixture is going to behave yeah. in a day, in two days, in a week, so... Trust your skincare brand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I can just think of how gross these homemade concoctions could turn out you know, with For all the sure. bacteria and gross stuff. So <laughs> leave yeah. it to the professionals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so what is salicylic acid and what does it do? I know I've used a lot of products with this ingredient over the years. Ah, so, good for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about it. So can you mm. please um, give a bit of an explanation uh, to listeners about what that is? Okay, but maybe before I do that, I'll ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell me what's your skin like these days? How would you classify your skin? Uh, my skin, so I'm quite oily in the T-zone and I always have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I have a little bit of redness, um, but otherwise my skin is quite like clear. So, um, But my main concern is kind of oiliness in the T-zone. Sure. So that's where hot salicylic acid is going to be really delivering a good benefit for you because salicylic acid is part of a class of ingredients called BHAs. I don't know if you've heard of this term before, yes, BHAs, AHAs. Yes. Yeah. So the, that's a class of what we call chemical exfoliants. And when we think about exfoliants, most people tend to think about those 
scrubby exfoliants um, that, are, that can be a bit abrasive sometimes, but this is an entirely different type of exfoliant. It works, as the name suggests, chemically. So what salicylic acid does is it actually helps with delivering a more smooth surface to the skin. And it does that because chemically it, it has a really good affinity to oils and fats that are deep in the pores. So it's able to go right in there and clear those pores out, dissolving the, that oil, that gunk that's trapped in the pores and clearing that away. So that's why it's a really good ingredient for anti-acne uh, benefits as well as oil control. I it's one of my favorites. That. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely need that. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's one of my biggest skin concerns. And yeah, it's it's always an ingredient that I, you know, look for when I'm looking for trying, you know, new skincare and whatnot. So yeah, that's that's yeah. great. And can I ask you this? Um I'm seeing this pop up kind of everywhere at the moment. And I, I think for me, even though I've been, you know, around the beauty industry for years, for me, this ingredient has been I guess I've seen it on the shelves more in the past couple of years um, and it's something that's still quite new to me that I'm trying to understand how it works. So niacinamide? Um, niacinamide, yeah. yeah. What, what does that that's, do? What does it target? That's one of my absolute favorite ingredients of all time. I wow. think we could spend the whole day talking about it. No joke. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. At work, they like to make jokes that I'm Mr. Niacinamide because for whatever product that we're trying to create, I'm always saying, let's put niacinamide in it, let's put niacinamide in it. <laughs> so niacinamide is also known in the skincare world as vitamin B3, another vitamin. And it's not a natural ingredient. And I think that's something that's really worth mentioning here and to all of the listeners out there who may think that, you know, natural is best. I think when I was talking about our science-led approach to skincare, the science may lead us to natural, but sometimes it doesn't, you know. And I think it's important for us to understand that man-made ingredients, synthetic ingredients, can be just as safe, if not more safe, and efficacious as well. So nice in mind is definitely one of those examples. And that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. Um, what does it do? So niacinamide, it's a, a true skincare multitasker. It has a lot of compelling scientific evidence behind it, primarily for treating hyperpigmentation and improving the look of uneven skin tone. And it also works to reduce excess sebum production, reduces the sizes of pores. It's also quite good for um, acne. And there's also research showing that higher levels of niacinamide are quite good for minimizing the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. So again, a true multitasker and wow. should be a part of anyone's routine. Absolutely. Oh God, get me buckets of yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> get into it. Yeah, I'm going to bathe in that. I'm going to have a bath in that. That sounds great. <laughs> and um, also, this is one that's kind of just been, well, it's been everywhere for years. And it's, it's something that is just current. You see it everywhere. You see it in everything. Argan oil. Right. So, argan oil. Yeah. Tell me about that. So argan oil, it really falls in the category of botanical oils, of which grapeseed oil is also a part of, for example, coconut oil. So these plant oils, they are known to be, they're really good for skincare because, first of all, they're quite easy to formulate and they're stable. And from a more science perspective, um, they're quite rich in omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, you know, and those are ingredients that are naturally occurring in our skin barrier. So when we talk about nourishing the skin, for instance, uh, you have to think about fatty acids because as a natural component of our skin barrier, that's really what you want to be delivering to your skin and argan oil does just that. 
Wow, that's really yeah. cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love all this yeah. science and just how, <laughs> you know, people, how they skip out on a skin routine. And I'm like, how? How can you be putting on skincare? I don't understand. Your skin needs it. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading today, actually, about um, a skin fasting trend. I don't know if you're across it. If you've Whoa, seen, I haven't heard of yeah. that. It's the idea that from time to time, you want to take a break from your skincare routine and not really... Mm use any products at all and give your skin a bit of a breather, a bit of a break. And I can see where people are coming from with this. But, you know, from a science perspective, from a more technical perspective, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless, let's say, you were trying out a new product in your routine. You have a couple of different products in your routine that are new and you're getting some sort of irritation, you're getting a breakout, you're getting some sort of unwanted reaction. Then I think it's okay to step back, make the routine a bit more minimal, maybe skip that a few products for a few days yeah. so that you can understand which one, who's the culprit, you know? Yeah. But otherwise, a lot of people ask me, you know, what's my like, top skincare tip? What's the best for my routine? And I always say that the best tip for skincare regime is to have a regime to have that patience and to have that consistency you know that's how you're going to see results yeah do you have uh, i guess a recommendation on kind of a skincare routine how to is, is it best to keep it simple or is it best to kind of have every product under the sun, you know, for your eyes and for, you know, cleansing and toning and, you know, all of the moisturizing? Is it bad to have too many skincare products? Is there such thing? I am 100% an advocate for a simple skincare routine. I think right. that an effective skincare routine that's going to be delivering all the benefits you need for optimal skin health doesn't need to have 14 steps and doesn't need to cost you like $300, $500, if not more. Yeah, you know? right. I really do think that if you stick to the basics, you are going to be able to, to get the same benefits as you would if you were using, like if you're doing one of those K-Beauty, J-Beauty, 24-step routines that sometimes yeah. we see on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> you know? wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and look, cutting the time in half is something we all want. For sure. For sure, who's got time for 24 steps, Amber? I sure don't. Look, not me. I'll get bored after five. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so what should we be looking for if we want to uh, nourish and hydrate our skin? Right. So we talked briefly about nourish before. You want to make sure that any moisturizer that you're using, and most moisturizers will have this kind of ingredient will have at least one type of botanical oil in it. So either that either uh, doesn't matter if that's an argan oil or a grapeseed oil, for instance, any botanical oil that's known to be rich in those omega-3 and 6 fatty acids, you know, that's one of the best ways that you can nourish the skin. Another ingredient to look out for is ceramides. Ceramides are also a component of our natural skin barrier. So by delivering those types of ingredients, you're going to be effectively nourishing the skin and maintaining a healthy barrier. Right. When it comes to hydration, it's um, most moisturizers will follow. There's, um, there's a bit of a skeleton for what a good moisturizer should be. And it should have three types of ingredients in it. It should have an emollient, it should have a humectant, and it should have an occlusive. So an emollient is an ingredient typically in oil that's going to be almost filling the gaps between the skin cells to make sure that the surface is quite smooth and plump. A humectant, and a, and a classic example of that is glycerin, is an ingredient that's going to be pulling the water from the environment and drawing that onto the skin to make sure that the water there's sufficient water content on the skin. And an occlusive, that's when we're 
that's when we're talking about those almost waxy ingredients, more heavy duty, like a shea butter, a cocoa butter, right. or even like um, a Vaseline type of ingredient that's going to be sealing all of that moisture in. So not not all moisturizers, but most moisturizers will have that that skeleton formulation in which they'll have at least one of these three types of ingredients. So definitely make sure that your moisturizer is delivering on all those three levels of hydration. Wow, that's so interesting. When you break it down like that, it makes so much sense. But seeing that sort yeah. of, if you if you saw that written down, you'd be like, what is that? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I can... Yeah, yeah I can go. definitely understand how reading ingredient lists on the on the back of pack of skincare can be quite a daunting experience. A lot of those words are either in Latin or they're like five hundred letter yeah. words. So um, the name of that ingredient that ingredient list is Inki I N C I, and I would definitely recommend for anyone that's listening that if you are interested in finding out more about those types of ingredients, that you go to the InkyDecoder.com. Very friendly user website. It breaks it down in plain language what what those ingredients do. So you can just type in the name of the ingredient that you're not too sure about, and it'll tell you what it does and whether it's safe or not. So a good tip for me. Yeah, that's great advice. That's a that's a great tool. <laughs> Wow, I'm going to get on that, let me tell you, after this. I'm going to be going and searching every single thing. So that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know we spoke about, you know, oily skin and combating that. And I know we're talking about salicylic acid. But yep. with combating oily skin, does every every uh, skincare step have to have that for oily skin? Or are there other ingredients that we should be implementing to do to combat it? There's definitely some ingredients and some types of products that are targeted to oily skin, and you may want to choose those if you happen to have your skin on the oilier side. I think with um, with oily skin, it's really important to recognize that it's often genetics or something that's been brought about because of a diet. You know, some people, they react to, you know, some dairy types of um, foods that will then trigger the excess oil production, you know, so you want to be mindful of your diet as well if you're going through a bit of an oily skin phase but you can control it you can definitely try and control it and you can try and use products that have perhaps a bit of a lighter texture or a bit of a mattifying feel for for day use but and this is one of those skincare myths that some people with oily skin feel like they should do that they shouldn't moisturize because they already have oily skin so then they don't need to worry about that Mm -hmm. that is just patently false (laughs) you know regardless of your skin type whether it's driest or the oiliest, you still need to be delivering all of those ingredients that I was talking about before, all of those ceramides, all of those fatty acids, all of those layers of hydration to make sure that you have optimal skin. And when it comes to ingredients, we talked about salicylic acid being a great one, uh, but you can also look at niacinamide 100%. You can also be looking at zinc. Zinc is an ingredient with um, compelling evidence for really controlling uh, excess sebum and managing any sort of acne that may occur because of it. And another thing for oily skin is just to make sure that you have a really good cleansing regime, you know, making sure that you're cleansing properly. A lot of people talk about double cleansing these days. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that. Yeah, double cleansing, I can get behind, but perhaps before that, I would get behind having one type of cleanser that's right for your skin type and that you're using correctly so that you are using the right amount of cleanser and that you're washing your face uh, frequently enough, which would be for someone with oily skin a couple of times a day, so morning and night. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And what are the best ingredients to help with anti-aging? For anti-aging, right. Um, 100% the 
best type of product, the best ingredient for preventing uh, premature aging of the skin is sunscreen. Yes. No, no, no questions here. It is the one type of product that's going to be effectively going to be, I don't want to say reverse or protect, but it's definitely going to have the, mo- the most um, impact on your skin in the long run, 100%. Because we know that it's really UV that's the culprit yes. of skin aging and fine lines and wrinkles and lots of elasticity and breaking down of collagen fibers. So it's really UV that you want to be mindful of. Absolutely. On top of that, yeah, on top of that, you can explore other types of ingredients, like, again, niacinamide, a great staple to have in your skincare routine. You can also be looking at retinol, which is a fantastic ingredient yeah. that's very much science-backed. Have you used retinol before? I haven't. So I know that there's like um, that you can there's like a natural one and there's like kind of the, the man-made one. Is that correct? Well, with retinol, there's, there's different types of retinol in the market. But because the thing with retinol is that um, it can be irritating to some skin types, especially the more sensitive So it's something that you have, if you decide to get into retinol, then you need to be really careful about your approach. So you don't want to be doing it every day as soon as you start. You want to be trying it, say, a couple of times a week and then graduating to three times a week until your skin can can tolerate having retinol every day. And again, even... Some of the most veteran retinol users won't use it every day. They'll they'll alternate. Okay. You know? Yep. So definitely an ingredient to watch out for if yeah. you're yeah. Because I have seen so much about it. I haven't used it personally. I've been wanting to get on the retinol train, but I know that you do have to kind of work up a tolerance to it. So Yeah. And I do have sure. sensitive skin, so I think that's kind of what's mm. made me go, Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I think I'll have to give it a go and just see how it works. So Yeah, see how you go because again the science is really there. Retinol is an ingredient that again, not a natural ingredient, man made ingredient, synthetic, that has really compelling evidence for essentially teaching your skin cells to behave in a younger manner. <laughs> so, yeah, when that's essentially that how it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how can we improve our skin elasticity? Skin elasticity is very, very closely related to collagen production. So if your collagen production is happening without any sort of barriers or any sort of hindrances, then you can be rest assured that your skin elasticity is going to be maintained. As we age, our collagen production naturally declines. That's a given. But one way to try and keep up your collagen supply and ensuring that your skin elasticity is at its best is to try some collagen supplements. You know, there's compelling evidence for certain types of collagen at certain doses to really improve that skin elasticity. And the way it works is I get get asked that question a lot about collagen supplements and how they work and if they're doing anything. There's a couple of different ways that you can look at it. The first one is collagen provides the building blocks for your body to then produce more of its own collagen, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you think of collagen, collagen is a protein, and protein gets broken down into amino acids, so it's really little tiny blocks. And that's exactly what the body needs to produce more collagen on its own. So that's one way to look at it. If you want to really take it to the next level, you really want to think about using technologies that are going to be very, very strongly stimulating collagen production. And I'm talking about laser peels. 
chemical peels, ultrasounds, those types of procedures that you get in the clinic that are going to be making your body hungry for those building blocks. So that's why I always recommend to my friends that are going through those types of procedures to be taking a collagen supplement during that time because that's when it's going to be at its most efficacious. Wow, that's so interesting. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I'm learning a lot today, I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) And... Another growing trend that I'm seeing everywhere is hemp seed. So um, I'm, I know it's a part of the Swiss Restore range. So what is this? What can it do? Why should we be using it? Hemp is a really fascinating ingredient for skincare. Swiss, I think this is from last year. I could be wrong. But from last year, we um, partnered with um, another Australian company called Bard. Bard Australia, and they're really leading the charge in hemp and cannabis and CBD research. So there's a lot of potential for us to leverage that knowledge that they have. And we took all of that knowledge and decided to get into that space by launching our hemp range. So hemp itself is, again, not too dissimilar from the argans and the grapeseed oils of the world. It's a botanical oil. And I think people should be aware that hemp is different from THC, different from CBD, so there are no psychoactive substances (laughs) in hemp, (laughs) either in the supplement or in skincare. So, yeah, it's very interesting that we got got a consumer engagement um, the other day and there was one consumer saying, oh, I just want to make sure that all of your hemp products are produced in a different facility, in a different um, sort of production line to my skincare because I don't want any traces of hemp in my skincare. (laughs) And we told her, no, you can be rest assured that they're made in entirely different facilities and all of that. Yeah. Regardless, unless you're allergic to hemp, you shouldn't be really sort of downplaying it because it's a really good ingredient for skin. And it is such a ing- good ingredient for skin because it's rich in those omega-3, 6, and 9 fatty acids. It's rich in vitamins and it's going to be an effective emollient for the skin. So it really helps with the skin hydration in that regard. But the idea of hemp and why it's so attractive to us is because we're then able to combine that hemp oil with some more heavy-duty moisturizer. So for this Restore range, we were able to combine the hemp with um, shea butter, with cocoa butter, with coconut oil. So this entire Restore range is really more appropriate for those that have dry to very dry or dehydrated skin, which comes in handy during these cooler months that we're entering now oh yeah i definitely switch up my moisturizer in winter mm. you know i go for uh, yeah. something that's a bit me more too heavy. yeah yes absolutely yeah i actually have um in front of me the hemp seed uh <laughs> replenishing cream moisturizer so yeah. i've been popping that on and i'm actually really surprised like when i put it on it kind of like instantly tightens my skin like, you know, but it feels really good. I don't know how to explain yeah, it. Yeah, it's a bit of a different texture, that one, yeah. because it's, it's, a, it's a more heavy-duty moisturizer for sure. So it even takes some time for you to fully work it into your skin. I personally find it a fabulous moisturizer for nighttime because during the night, you, you're not too concerned about your moisturizer being too heavy or too, yeah. you know, too heavy-duty as you may be during the morning. So Definitely. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I've been using it and I quite like it. Fantastic. Um, and so I want to dive into supplements now. Now, because I'm really interested in this. Um, I've been taking like on and off supplements um, over the years, but I think it's it's kind of one of those things that while you're taking them or you might see one that you like in store, it's good to know kind of how they work and how you could find one that's kind of best for what you're looking for. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought I would ask firstly, how long does it take to see results from when you start taking a supplement? That is a question that depends on a lot of factors, you know, and I think 
before my compliance colleagues come knocking. So I should say that when it comes to supplements, they should always read the label (laughs) and you should follow the directions for use for sure. (laughs) Because these are, in fact, therapeutic goods we're talking about. We're no longer talking about cosmetics. So you want to make sure that you're taking them responsibly and reading the label. Uh, Back to the question of how long it takes to work. Again, it really depends on a number of factors. Uh, As I was mentioning before, our approach is very much science-led. So we will be looking to the clinical research and perhaps that clinical research says that a supplementation of biotin, which is a vitamin, uh, was found to improve nail strength by 25% over eight week over an eight-week period. Wow. So we know by looking at that research that obviously that's just one piece of research. You have to consider the entire body of evidence on that one vitamin. But just taking that one piece of research as an example, we know that by taking a biotin supplement over eight weeks at that dose, in the same conditions, we'll be able to see improvement in nail strength, for example, by 25%. So that's one piece of information. However, our product is more than just biotin. We combine other antioxidants. We combine things like blood orange, like collagen sometimes. And once you combine all of those ingredients, you can't, it's hard to to tell whether there's going to be a bit of a synergy between those ingredients and you might find an effect faster, you know. So when it comes to answering the question of how long does it take to work, we can only go back to the evidence of the individual ingredients. So for collagen, for instance, it's a two-month period until we see results. For biotin, it's about eight weeks as well. So that's kind of how we approach answering those types of questions. Okay, interesting. And what's the difference between one for, say, hair and one for skin? Honestly, they're not much different at all, Amber, uh, because when we think about nails and when we think about hair, they're also appendages of the skin. They're also part of your skin in a way. So... When we look at the evidence and when we look at the clinical research for a lot of these ingredients and we find those hair skin nail supplements, they are going to be observing the benefits in all three of these um, body parts, so skin, hair, and nails, you know? So quite honestly, that's why you see a lot of hair skin nail products in the market because the majority of the ingredients that are in those supplements, they have been tested, they have been investigated for all three. Right. Okay. Interesting. I like that. That's really cool. So, you know, for all of the listeners out there, if you see a supplement that's targeted specifically to nails and another one that's targeted specifically to hair and if you just look at those at the back of the pack and look at those ingredients and you see that they're pretty much the same at the same levels and everything then I would be potentially thinking of you know what maybe let's try and find a supplement that combines all of these ingredients and that targets all, all three you know Having said that, there are some ingredients that are that have been singled out by science for having uh, benefits specifically to hair, for instance. One of these ingredients is keratin. So there are types of keratin that have only been shown by science to be beneficial to hair. So that's when I would suggest to take to seek out a hair supplement that contains that ingredient. But otherwise, you can stick to your hair skin nails for sure. Right. That's really cool to know. At least you're, it's kind of like two birds with one stone then. Yeah. Yeah. And so where, is there a time that's best to take a supplement? Like, say, morning or night or both? Or does it depend? With the types of supplements that we make, we usually recommend that they be taken either uh, with a meal or soon after a meal. Okay. And the reason for that is because some of these minerals specifically, they may, for some people, trigger a bit of a nauseating reaction. You know, some people may react to them. So that's why we want to make sure that they're not taking them in an empty stomach. You know? right. And when it comes to the time of the day, not really applicable to 
these types of products and you can really take them at any time of the day. I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, cool. And that's good to know, not to, you know, take them on an empty stomach. Because yeah. I think, you know, it could just be, people could be just waking up and taking a supplement and then going to do something else before eating. So that's really good yeah. to know. Mm-hmm. And so how do you kind of perfect the ingredients in supplements? Is it much different to skin? Again, very much a science-led approach, but because we're talking about therapeutic goods, now we're talking about medicines, then that scientific approach is very much mandatory. We absolutely need to have solid, uh, rock-solid um, evidence for all of the claims that we're making for all of the ingredient selection. So that's very much our approach to choosing ingredients. We want to make sure that we're not just putting ingredients together for the sake of it, you know, and let's say that uh, this brand or that brand has 14, 15 ingredients. We're not going to try and make 18 ingredients just because we want to sort of compete with that. We want to make sure that whatever we put in there yeah. is science backed. And sometimes the science will lead us to maybe only three or four ingredients in the formulation, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. And with, say, say a friend of mine is taking all different supplements and say, I want to go and look at the Swiss range and um, I'm seeing all these different types of supplements, you know, zinc and collagen and all these things. How do I mm-hmm. know that it's right for me? Should I be consulting a doctor prior to choosing supplements? 100%. I would recommend that. Even though these types of products they have been classified by our uh, regulatory body as low risk. So it is very unlikely that you would have a serious uh, adverse event to them. However, if you are concerned about the types of supplements that you're taking, then 100% I would recommend. I think it's also important for you to understand if you are low on any types of vitamins or any types of minerals yourself. So you might be low in zinc, you might be low in whatever other um, mineral. So that can help you dictate what kind of supplement you need for sure. Okay. And how can supplements help with things like gut health, for example? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, when you think about gut health, we're thinking mainly probiotics. Do you take any probiotics? Have you taken any before? Um, I have taken some before because I have a lot of like gut issues and you know, I'm like mm. tolerant as well and like th- that in the mix of things. Is not fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Really keen to know about this one. Yeah. So, probiotics. They they're obviously they've been around for quite some time, and the evidence, the clinical research, is just growing and growing exponentially. So, it's really exciting to work with probiotics, and especially those science-backed strains we call them. You know. And when it comes to gut health, probiotics have um, they work in different ways actually. So, one of the ways that they work is that they are competing. The probiotics, by definition, they're live bacteria, also known as the good bacteria. So they're the ones that are going to be entering your body and competing against the bad bacteria. And by pushing them away, that's one of the ways that gut health is restored. Uh, another way that they work is that they... Have you heard of leaky gut before? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So that's another way that probiotics work is that they really help minimize those leaky gut issues. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to definitely yeah. make sure I'm still taking my probiotics. So yeah, that's really I would, good. yeah, I would recommend them for sure. Yeah. Okay, great. And so can I ask about something like magnesium? So for example, mm-hmm. um, I know my mom's currently taking the Swiss magnesium because she actually gets really restless legs and she finds it helps. But is yeah. that, would you recommend that or, um, and how does magnesium work for the body? Well, magnesium works 
on a molecular level, magnesium is going to be binding to those receptors that are attached to a lot of the muscle fibers. So that's how they're going to be working and going to be, first of all, magnesium is necessary for the normal functioning of those muscle fibers. You know? yeah. So that's essentially how they work. They're going to be connecting, they're going to be binding to those receptors that are attached to those muscle fibers and just ensuring that those fibers are going to be at their optimal. And I would recommend a magnesium supplement for anything that is um, muscle related. However, it's very important. Again, we're talking about therapeutic goods, we're talking about medicines, and we're also talking about people's health. So if it's something that is just not going away, if it's something that has grown in severity, quite substantially, then absolutely seek out the advice of your doctor because it might be that you don't need magnesium, that you may need something else. Okay, But as a general supplement for muscle health, it's uh, it's recommended by science. Okay, great. Um, so I've actually got a couple of um, Swiss supplements that I'm about to, to try. So mm-hmm. I have the Collagen Glow. So. Yes. Yeah, can you tell me a bit about that? That's one of my favorites. Um, oh, great. That's one of the first collagen products that we um, that we put together at Swiss, and it's been a massive success for us, so we're very, very happy with it. And we were able to use a type of collagen that has a lot of scientific credentials behind it. Uh, I don't know if you would have heard of the term Verisol before. No, I don't think I have. Yeah, Verisol is a brand name, the commercial name for hydrolyzed collagen that's produced by one of our partners in Canada and it has a lot of scientific credentials behind them. I'm talking clinical trials or scientific research and it's also been recognized by a few health authorities over the world as being efficacious for promoting skin elasticity and and all of that. So I would recommend to take three tablets a day of that one. Right. And in that formulation, you also get things like grapeseed, like coenzyme Q10, those powerful antioxidants as well. So it's a really well-rounded formulation. Oh, great. I'm going to get onto that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. And the tablet's pink. It's cute. We like it. Oh, I love that. That's so cute. <laughs> yes, love pink. <laughs> and um, the other one that I have is Hair Nutrition for Women. Hair Nutrition for Women. That product we've had um, for a while, and again, a very science-led approach in creating that one. It's got some botanicals in there, some active botanicals that we talked about before, and it's also got quite a lot of antioxidants in it as well. So um, try it out. Yeah, I will. Do you have a favorite supplement? I love the collagen powders. We have a collagen powder now that is um, obviously the collagen that I was talking about before. And it's got some other botanicals in it as well. And it's got a really nice peachy flavor. So that's one of my oh, favorites yum. at the moment. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Yeah. Amazing. Well, finally, what can we expect from Swiss this year? Oh, well, you can expect a lot of really good innovation. And both in the skincare space as well as the supplement space, we have been working tirelessly yeah. <laughs> from home, but still tirelessly um, <laughs> to bring these products to life. So... Again, not really sure how much detail I can disclose at this moment, but rest assured, we're going to be expanding on our current skincare range significantly, and we're also going to be filling a lot of gaps in our portfolio when it comes to our supplements as well. So watch out. Very exciting. I can't wait. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So I want to jump into a few random questions for you if I can. Okay, gosh, I'm nervous. (laughs) Don't be nervous. Everyone says they're nervous and it's so funny. (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so number one, uh, what's one Swiss product you would universally recommend no matter what, whether that's skincare or supplements? 
with 100% the Blood Orange Cream Moisturizer. Ooh, that not? product has a hefty amount of niacinamide, and you know that that's my favorite ingredient. Yeah. It also has a hefty amount of grapeseed oil, which is a fantastic ingredient for skincare as well. And that's the one that I would recommend to anyone of any skin type, any skin color, any age. You get benefits from it, absolutely. Amazing. Really good. I love that one. Um, <laughs> and if you could run a science experiment on anything and had access to everything you needed to do so, what would you do it on and why? What science experiment I would do? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Excellent question. So like I was saying before, I'm a bit of a potterhead and potions are my thing. So. Yeah. I would love to just be able to get into one of our skincare factories and just put all of my favorite ingredients together in the textures that I that I want and just seeing if it works out. Right. <laughs> a bit of a skincare science nerd, so absolutely put me in a skincare factory and it's going to be a field day for me. Oh, that sounds awesome. You should definitely try and make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want to be the, the guinea pig to test the product. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, finally, if you had to choose one ingredient to work with forever, which one would it be? And I, now I think I know the answer to this. <laughs> you can guess it and you can answer it for me. Tell me. <laughs> nice and am I. Yes. <laughs> it's the best, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. I love how you're so passionate about it. That's great. I love that I could answer that one for you. I learned so much yeah. in this chat. I feel accomplished. <laughs> awesome. Well, you have just been amazing. Thank you so much for giving me an insight into everything that you do as a product developer. And it's been yeah, Thank great. you. It's been an absolute pleasure and I love talking beauty anytime. So reach out if you have any more questions and you want to talk about beauty some more. Thank it's you so much. How exciting. And I might get you on maybe sometime when there's um, some new product updates or something. That would be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait for that. It's going to be an exciting year for Swiss. Yes. I can't <laughs> wait. Thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> thank oh, you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.